You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a great program. We are Canada's number one tech-themed radio show. In uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about Netflix. And this is going to upset some people. Netflix is cracking down on password sharing. Cracking down is probably an understatement. So I, I know a lot of people, myself included, that shares their Netflix account, like with my kids. Uh, some of them have moved out now, two of them, but they're still using my Netflix login. I share my girlfriend's account. Yes, but not for much longer. We're going to tell you what's happening and if there's anything you can do about it. We also will be talking about all the tech layoffs. What's going on? I know that uh, it's crazy times economically right now, big talks of uh, recession, but why are tech companies laying off literally tens of thousands of people? We're going to dive into some of the, the reasons. And we'll be talking to a really cool company called Food Cycler. I love this. This is a, uh, a countertop composting unit that you can put on your kitchen counter or whatever counter you want and put all your dinner scraps and chicken bones and everything in there. And it kind of grinds it up over a space of a few hours and you got some fertilizer. Woohoo. I kind of like it because right now I got to be honest and I'm ashamed, but a lot of our dinner scraps just go in the garbage. Yeah. Because I don't want that stinky plastic bin. You want it out of the house. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just can't be bothered to go to the big composting bin outside my house because I'm lazy. Because you're lazy. But I think a lot of people are too. And we're going to tell you how you can be good for the environment once more. Let's get into some of the tech news, John. Uh, Facebook, they've laid, laid off a lot of people. They have, yes. They have lost a lot of money as well. But uh, it looks like their uh, fortunes have reversed. Yeah. The, the Sort of the weird thing about this is they just had their earnings call and all of their financial stuff was put out uh, this week. And it was learned that they've spent over a billion dollars a month on the metaverse in 2022 something like 13 and change billion dollars. So over a billion dollars a month with not a lot to show for it. Cause you and I have been using the meta uh, quest, the headset headset and whatever they're spending a billion dollars on. I want a piece of that action because <laughs> I, you certainly can't see it when you go into the VR world. No, there must be something going on. Yeah. I mean, but it's interesting too. I think a lot of companies like the Googles, uh, the Amazons of the world, I think have really focused in on AI now. Yeah. And maybe this is Facebook's kind of thing to make a dent with the metaverse. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I just, I, I wish we would see some kind of... Advance? <laughs> progress. Yeah. Um, interestingly, this week as well, you know, after their earning calls, um, their stocks started to go up. And it went up a lot. Like the first time in 10 years, it was up like 25%. Well, it took a huge hit. It's huge. Earlier, huge. like last year. Yeah. Because of all the money they're spending Being in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder what's going on. I can only hope that we're finally going to get legs. Oh, on our, our, <laughs> our, our virtual bodies? Yeah, our virtual bodies. I thought bodies. they said there was going to be legs. Yeah, but they said, it, they said that, and then it, it turns out that it was all a ruse. There was no legs? Well, there was legs, but it was all motion capture. It wasn't actually something something that they've built yet. Oh. So, but also, it can't cost a billion dollars a month to add legs. Legs are expensive, John. Uh -huh. You just don't know your body parts. 
a lot of dogs are swallowing Apple AirTags. It's a little crazy, eh? Yeah. Uh, just a quick warning out to folks that do have uh, Apple AirTags. Watch them around your pets. Get something to put them in. Some kind of uh, leash or uh, holder or container. Yeah, you, you can go on Amazon or you can go to stores. They've got little things you can attach these things to their collars if that's yeah. what you're trying to do. Yeah, but the thing is there's a very small watch battery inside it. Yes. And if they swallow that stuff... It's whole, dangerous. It's very bad for them. Yeah, so be very, very careful. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about a way to recycle your your dinner scraps, compost, right on your kitchen counter. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarboy here with John Beeler. Uh, we were down at CS uh, a few weeks ago, and one of the uh, technologies that caught my eye was uh, a really cool composting, uh, countertop composting uh, unit uh, from a Canadian company. Uh, we've got them on the line right now. We've got uh, Brad Crapeau uh, from Food Cycler. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, this is an interesting little unit. There's there's a few of these types of devices on the market now, uh, Brad. Uh, but what caught my eye about yours is that uh, you, you basically set it up and there's not really any more consumables uh, after that. I think you have to re- uh, replace some of the... Um, uh, elements of the carbon filter there but some of these other ones on the market you got to buy special pods that help it compost the stuff you're putting putting in there but your, yours didn't can you give our listeners kind of a, a rundown of what uh your your food cycler is all about yeah sure and you're exactly right uh, mike uh, our design starts with simplicity we think that in order to really um, make a mark in the reduction of food waste any solution needs to start with convenience you can talk about uh, solutions being sustainable all day long, but if you don't get the buy-in, if you don't get participation, uh, we're not going to divert anything from landfill. So it needs to be more convenient than the status quo. And the status quo right now is pretty convenient. You just toss something in your garbage. Uh, so our unit, like you said, does not require any additives. You simply load the food waste in, and we've designed uh, in our new unit some very robust grinding technology, so there's virtually no limitations to what can go in. Uh, and we think that's a great step forward uh, because a lot of the other solutions out there will really limit you for, for what you can put in. So meat bones, pitch shells, uh, food scraps of, of all sorts and, and sizes really can get loaded into the bucket. You close the lid, you press start. In a matter of hours, you've got a 90% reduction and a handful of fertilizer. And so, sorry, how many hours? Just several hours? It really will depend on what you're putting in there because at the end of the day, we have to pull the moisture out of there. So if you're doing a load of watermelon, that's certainly going to take a lot longer than than if you're doing, uh, you know, a, a load of uh, something less with, with less moisture in it. So, uh, you know, our short cycle, uh, you know, our new unit is five liters. So it, it's going to be maybe as short as four or four hours and it could probably go up to about eight hours. But the, the unit is typically run at night from the time you'd start your dishwasher. And we like to think that the process will happen overnight. What's the noise level like? That's technically 40 decibels, which is, I I would say, you know, relatively quiet. It's certainly quieter, I would say, than most dishwashers. Uh, so that's, I think, a fair comparison uh, from a kitchen appliance perspective. I, I was interested that you could put, like, a lot of different organic material in there because some of the other ones I've looked at... Um, 
can't put coffee grinds in. You can't put bones in. There's like a, a list of things you can't put in, but you can put a lot of stuff in yours. Yeah, that's how we like to try and differentiate. Uh, we are, uh, you know, we we were the the first ones doing this. We've been recycling food waste on site uh, in, in different capacities uh, for over a decade. We started in 2011. Uh, yeah, John, you had a question. Yeah, Brad, I, yeah. I was just wondering, what can't you put in it? <laughs> we talked yeah, about, you know, that's a good question. So really, I think the, the only limitation we have in the new system right now is a, a beef bone, like a T-bone steak. Right. Uh, that's that's going to be the, the limitation. You know, some of our stress tests actually uh, are full bucket modes of lamb femur bones. So we could do five liters of lamb femur. Uh, we can do pork bones. We can do uh, pits and shells. Uh, that's not going to be a problem. And and that kind of goes back to that 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 thing I said at the start that people don't want to be told what they can't put in there. They don't want to have to start source separating their organic waste. If it becomes too difficult, they're just not going to use it. So we really think that the path forward to, to overcoming that is is just making it as simple as as what you throw in the trash. So uh, we're still working on trying to process those beef bones, but that's really the the only limitation right now. The only other challenge the machine really runs into is if it's over concentrated with uh, a fibrous or a high sugar content. So if you know, let's say you put a full um, five liters of orange peels, you know that that could create uh, some challenges where you have to run the load a second time because there's uh, such a, a high fiber content in there. The best results are always a, a mixed a mixed load. And we typically don't run into too, too many scenarios where uh, that's a problem. Yeah, it's been interesting because I've, I've been struggling with composting uh, at our house for a while now because, uh, you know, we've tried the little plastic bins, you know what I mean? Like under the sink, you know, with the bags, but it just ends up stinking up the <laughs> the place and it's just gross. And then, you know, my, my main organic bin, you know, where I put all the grass cuttings and where you're supposed to put all your, I guess, kitchen waste too. It's like outside the garage, right? So it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to go and scrape my dinner plates <laughs> off. And you like doing that in the winter? No, no. And it, it, we're Vancouver, right? It's just raining all the time. Right. So it's, yeah. it's just not happening. And, you know, I've got a garburator, but that's not cool either. Uh, you're not supposed to dump all your food waste down yeah. there because it, it just gums the whole system up eventually. And in new construction, and I think in Vancouver, uh, they're they're no longer an option. They're they're being outlawed. So I think municipalities are starting to realize that those carburetors are causing them quite a few headaches. The infrastructure isn't built to process the food waste, and I think it also contributes to some of the rat problems and. Um, uh, flooding that that you see is is uh, often, at least in in some ways, attributed to the, the carburetors that are in that city. So, uh, largely uh, populated cities like Vancouver uh, are starting to take steps to to ban those. Here in Ottawa, they're banned as well. So, you have to look at alternative options. We're talking with uh, Brad Crapo from Food Cycler. They make a a countertop uh, kitchen uh, food composter. You basically just dump all your dinner scrapings. Uh, anything kind of organic into it and it uh, it grinds it all up uh, within a, a few hours and uh, turns it into fertilizer what's what's the like how do you deal with the smell because that again that was my problem with the under the sink <laughs> bucket well that 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 again is a, a very you know serious uh, consideration in our design I mean the, the simple answer is that we have carbon filters that will process out any of the smell. I think it's worth noting though that our process doesn't 
emit any methane gas. And oftentimes the methane can be uh, the odor that, that you're smelling in, in landfills. Because we're introducing air, we're technically an aerobic digestion process. And that, as a result, creates a CO2 instead of a methane. Uh, and that is, is really what uh, results in this being such a, a, a better uh, solution, a better alternative than landfill in your food waste. So that, that carbon uh, dioxide passes through a, a carbon a carbon filtration system and is emitted into the ambient air. And um, as a result, there's no odor. So when it's running, there's no odor. But when you're finished and you lift that lid up, does it smell? No, it shouldn't. You know, it really is, I guess, up, up to the person that's smelling it. But we've had reviews from any anything from baked cookies to an earthy, organic, mulch-like uh, odor to... Uh, this smells like a garden, okay. but I wouldn't call it offensive in, in any means. It doesn't smell like hot garbage. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, avocado pits? Yeah, no problem. Uh, and, and I'll say that we haven't officially uh, gone public uh, yet with our with our launch here in North America, but avocado pits are fine in our, our new machine that's to be released. I think you may have seen it at the CES, Mike. It's got a much more robust... Uh, grinding technology system we call it the vortex system the first generation uh, machine that we have uh, that grinding system you know may have some more limitations avocado pits are a tough one but in the new tech we can certainly handle it and so uh, what what do you have to replace in it what are the consumables then really just the carbon filter and you know we think that consumers are coming up against some subscription fatigue you know they uh have a long list of subscriptions and when the economy starts to tighten um, you know we, we realize that we're a new category and we might not make the cut so uh, our designs are, are mindful of trying to limit the uh, the added cost to operate uh, the machine so the carbon filter uh, is a uh, the only consumable that we have depending on your use we've seen customers get as much as six months out of it if you're not running it really every day uh, if you're a heavy user you're probably replacing it every four months and the new design also has refillable um, cartridges, so you don't have to replace the actual plastic each time. It's simply a matter of uh, getting those carbon pellets and, and refilling it into your cartridge. And, and where do you get the carbon pellets? You could buy them through through us, through uh, our, our partners at uh, Vitamix. There are direct-to-consumer affiliates for North America. Uh, they sell through Amazon, through Vitamix, or anywhere you could buy a Vitamix. You should be able to get those consumables. What was interesting about your business model as well, like, um, I mean, consumers can buy this, but you're looking at selling these units to like entire towns, like having exactly. the town, like outfit all the houses with these, like how, how does that work? And, and, and we why there's a real offer. Yeah. We think there's a real opportunity to decentralize organic food waste recycling, uh, especially here in Canada, we've been successful in rural, Northern remote indigenous communities where there's often, you know, wide geographies between homes. There's, um, you know, not a lot of economies of scale when it comes to doing curbside collection in uh, some of these communities, but there's a, there's a desire and a need uh, to do that there. And, you know, they actually, they actually have some interesting challenges that, that we might not think about right away. A bears be top of mind. You know, we just did a deal today uh, in cottage country where in Northern Ontario and one of the biggest pain points was you know, bears are attracted to this organic waste. So a, a curbside collection program doesn't make a lot of sense for them. And, you know, just quite simply, we are cheaper than a green bin program. Uh, and 
we are more uh, sustainable than a green bin program. So no matter how you slice it, uh, when we first started kind of uh, pitching to municipalities, it was a bit of a steep climb. You know, they were, sure, this did not make sense. This was not part of a municipal infrastructure uh, budget. And now when we present the facts and we, we show them the success we've had in their neighboring communities, constituents are the ones asking for it and, and they're having a hard time ignoring the facts. So uh, in, in a short period of time, we now have uh, about 50 different cities in Canada that have opted for our solution uh, as an alternative to a curbside collection program, a green bin program. We've been talking with uh, Brad Cropo from Food Cycler. They make a really cool countertop uh, kitchen composter that uh, will actually make it easy for you to compost all that kitchen waste. Uh, where can people find out more information, Brad? Through our website, uh, foodcyclescience.com. You'll find lots of uh, company-related information and a lot of work that we're doing with our municipalities. And if you're interested in learning more about the specific details of uh, our products, foodcycler.com uh, should give you all that information and you can toggle between the two. Thanks for joining us. Been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. I want to throw to our contest, John. I prematurely launched it last weekend, and I apologize profusely to all the listeners out there because they went to the website and it just wasn't there. So I'm going to try to make it up to you. We have a secret word for our loyal listeners. If uh, you can remember this and put it uh, in the contest page, there's going to be a spot for it there. The secret word is Olivia. And you get 50 extra entries for this. And there's a there's ways to get more entries as well. So you can go to the website to find that out. Uh, the reason why we've chosen uh, the secret word Olivia, it's uh, actually uh, uh, a person, a young lady that has Rett syndrome. And thanks to the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation uh, and uh, over at Holland Blurview Kids Rehabilitation Hospital, they got a grant to actually develop this really cool technology uh, it's like a brain-computer interface that helps Olivia turn her brain signals into commands through a computerized headset. So it allows them uh, allows her to communicate with her family and also control her her wheelchair. John, her her brain waves are controlling a wheelchair. Does that blow your mind? It does. Like yeah. I want to try this. It I I just it it just makes my heart happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because there are some really sad stories. Of, of folks that, you know, suffer from these different types of conditions that just can't communicate effectively with their loved ones or even control anything in their lives. So being able to uh, access this type of technology, and it's only going to get better. Yeah. And again, if you want a chance to get these extra entries, the secret word is Olivia. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and go to the contest page. Giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone and a $500 charity gift card to give to your favorite charity here in Canada. John, a lot of uh, layoffs. Every week now we hear more layoffs in the tech sector. Yes. Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, literally tens of thousands. Spotify laid off 6% of their workforce. And everyone's asking why. Obviously economic conditions. Yeah. But it's also kind of a domino effect as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, I saw a really interesting video about this phenomenon this past week. This person was theorizing that the reason why you see so many tech layoffs, like you said, is a domino effect. But the key indicator of how well a business is doing is what's the percentage of layoffs? How much of their staff are they getting rid of? If you see a company that's getting rid of 20 or more percent, 
they're probably really in trouble. Yes. But if it's under 10%. They're cutting costs and providing more value to their shareholders. Exactly. Yes. They're, sh- they're showing efficient efficiencies and they're, you know, trimming the fat, if you will. And the thing is, once this downturn comes back up, they'll just hire those people back. Maybe not those exact people, but this, they need the headcount again. They need the headcount again. They still need to do the work, but they're just finding ways of making it look good on the balance sheet. I've been talking to folks too, like it is bad, right? When yeah. these amounts of layoffs happen, but at the same time, it, it actually helps a lot of smaller companies because yeah. they, you know, have access to some really talented folks. Yeah. And so it is kind of almost like a, a boom for these smaller companies. And you'll see over the next couple of years, some really interesting new tech stories that will come out of this because they've been able to access these high qualified people to help grow these small companies into the next Googles of the world. That's right, yeah. That's the dream anyway. (laughs) Well, it sounds good on paper. I was, one of the things I was concerned about was the fact that there's gonna be, and it seems to be specifically isolated to, or at least it gets in the news in the tech sector, right? But layoffs are happening everywhere. Yeah. But then you also hear like in the in the food sector, for example, restaurants and bars, they can't hire enough people. No. Right? But that's because those people got better jobs during the pandemic. Yeah, because they couldn't work. Right. They had to find jobs outside of the restaurant industry. Right. And then remote work and all that kind of stuff sort of proliferated during that time. Anyway, it, it is sad. We're going to see more layoffs, John. Yeah. But again, it, it is due to economic situations right now. If you look at a lot of these big tech companies like the Intels of the world, how many people are buying laptops now? <laughs> I mean, people still are, but not to the extent that they did to be able to work from home if efficiently during the pandemic. Yeah. And we've seen a huge decline in smartphone sales just in, in well, yeah. So frivolous tech gadgets in general, <laughs> but smartphones. Yeah. And we've talked about this uh, 15% decline last year, 2022 for Samsung and Apple. Yeah. Roughly 15%. Yeah. It's the lowest it's been since 2013. Well, because people just aren't upgrading because they don't need to. They don't need to unless like you and I have talked about this before. Like with, when the iPhone 14 came out, I like I want to upgrade, but I'm not paying to upgrade. No. Right. Like until I need to. Right. And, and I think that's what most people are doing. They're just like, well, my phone still works. So I don't get the new, you know, bell and whistle that comes with the new phone. Big deal. I'll, I'll have groceries instead. Well, Samsung has released a new Samsung Galaxy S23. If you want to find out our first take on it, tune into the app show tomorrow. We'll uh, be chatting all about uh, the new features and if it can uh, help Samsung get those sales uh, back up. We're going to have to take another break uh, when we come back. A little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. We have the contest officially going now. I know I announced it last week. I was completely wrong. Yes, you were. Yes. We are giving away... Sorry to everybody that tried to enter. It's my fault. Yeah. You can direct those emails at me. I I know, John, you're tired of... I will forward them all to you. (laughs) I don't don't want to see the old ones. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, But the good news is that it is going. GetConnectedMedia.com. This is uh, courtesy of the Friendly Future Foundation. Tell us. They are... uh, giving us a, a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone to give away. Yes. Kind of exciting. I mean, this phone is gorgeous. Yes. Amazing camera, well over $1,000 in value. And you also get a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite charity here in Canada. There are extra chances to win as well. 
Again, you want to go to getconnectedmedia.com and uh, find out more. So John, Netflix, everyone I know shares their password with friends and family. And Netflix, uh, having a hard time getting new users. They've actually lost users last year for the first time in history. Yep. And there is just an insane amount of competition now. Yeah. Disney's eating their lunch. Apple TV Plus has you know, come out. Paramount Plus. Well, there, there was a time when Netflix was the king as far as like really great content. Because you remember when they first started out, they were just basically recycling everybody else's content. And then they realized that they were paying a lot of licensing fees. So they started spending money on original programming. And back in the glory days, it was some of the best stuff ever. Yes. But? But now there's Disney competition. They have billions. Yeah, and they've been buying up all the other <laughs> uh, licenses for all the different shows that people love. So they've been moving, you know, this mass exodus from one streaming service to another keeps happening, you know, with the uh, consolidation of HBO and Disney and you got Paramount Plus and you got Hulu and Peacock and all these other crazy um, streaming services we can't even get in Canada. They're all in various formats in Canada or, you know, part of Crave or yeah. something like that. And... So now Netflix is just trying to find a way to make more money so they can spend more money on those uh, uh, original productions. And so I wonder if this is going to hurt them, John. So what's going to happen now? I, Explain. I don't, I don't see how this can't hurt them. The, the problem is every time, uh, I, I should put an asterisk besides this, this hasn't been officially announced by Netflix. This is something that uh, they've been sort of testing in some markets around the world. And somebody found an archived page on the Netflix site that sort of outlines how this is all going to work. So this is speculation, you know, asterisk, quote, unquote. Um, but it sounds like the where they're going to deal with this, and, and you mentioned off the top of the show, your kids use your Netflix account. They don't all live with you anymore. No. And so basically what's going to have to happen if you're using a Netflix account that's not your own and you're not at the source uh, uh, Wi-Fi location. Yeah. So at your house. Yeah. Every 31 days, you basically have to tag up with the Netflix server on that. On my, on my home Wi-Fi. Your home Wi-Fi. My kids do. Yeah. Or, or otherwise, that particular device will be locked out of Netflix. And the only way to unlock it is to call them. Oh, sorry. Like just completely banned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not good. No, it's going to be a huge pain in the butt yeah. for everybody. And what are they going to do? And, and <laughs> they, they won't be able to handle that amount of, no, no. of calls. Well, everyone's just going to cancel their account. Yeah. Like who cares? There's so much choice now. That's the problem, John. Yeah. Back in the, when we were talking about earlier, they were the only choice. Yeah. And so everyone was flocking to them and they were canceling their cable. Even cable's having a bit of a resurgence right now because it's pretty good value. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you, what are you going to do? You, I think you share. I, well, I stopped paying for my account, uh, about a year ago because I was barely using it for one. And my girlfriend said, well, I'll just add you to my account. Cause I added her to my, uh, Apple account. So we share Apple TV and she's family member in my Apple world. Yeah. Which Again, Netflix could easily just add a family account option and you can have... But I, I think they're, they want, they're going to add an additional user right. upgrade. Yeah, but you have to pay a lot more for that. Yeah, but we don't know the pricing on that yet. No, no, no we don't. 
So, but how much would you pay? Well, I, I, I won't because you don't care enough. <laughs> I don't care enough. There's nothing uniquely amazing on Netflix that I have to watch, at least at this point. You know, there may be in the future, but right now, the and they keep sending me emails because I haven't been logged in for like a year now. Yeah. Come back. It's only six ninety nine or whatever. Hey, baby, we miss you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope, that ship has sailed. You, I, I just wasn't using it enough to justify it. And I was basically trying to cut back on all of my streaming costs because it was getting out of hand. And I had just basically re-upped my TV cable plan because it was ch- cheaper than Netflix to add it just to my, my gigabit internet. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact is like Amazon Prime has some amazing content and it's included with my Amazon membership. I don't have to pay extra for it. And they don't care if you share passwords right now. No. <laughs> but do you think this is going to start the other guys to do the same? I guess you're going to see what happens to Netflix, right? Well, the interesting thing that I saw on TikTok was that people were saying, oh, Disney wants, to sh- wants you to share your passwords. They want to get Disney Plus on every household they can just because then you're hooked. Yeah. Right. And then eventually, but that's what that was Netflix's plan from the beginning as well. Absolutely. But now that you know it's kind of plateaued. Yeah. Now they're trying to grind out every dime they can. For sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years as far as the streaming services and where Netflix will end up out of this. And I, I don't think because you know just a few years ago, I think a lot of people looked at Netflix and thought they will always be the dominant player, right? I, I could see Disney or somebody buying them and just One day. swallowing them up. Maybe Apple. Apple, Paramount. Who, yeah, who Apple's knows? got some couch change. Yeah. Kicking Google, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Google doesn't really have a stake in the game, do they? They have YouTube. Well, yeah, but that's not the same as... No. I mean, they've tried so many different ways to make you pay for YouTube and having original content. And they have YouTube channels now, I think, that you can actually watch essentially live TV through. It would be a good move on their part, don't you think? Because I look at Apple, right? Yeah. And they get you into their ecosystem. I have the Apple One plan. I think you do as well. Yeah. And I think it's 30 bucks a month for the family plan. It's pretty good value. It's, I think it's about 40 bucks after tax now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It went up a little bit. Yeah. Last year. Don't have much choice when it goes up, eh? Not really. Not really. But so you get Apple TV Plus. It's nowhere near like a Netflix or crave at this point, but it's getting better and better. Well, the, the thing is, cause I was, I was browsing the other day and I was just trying to find something to watch and I could not for the life of me find anything decent until I went to Apple TV. Cause everything is on that Apple because TV, you just haven't looked at their stuff lately. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, this is sort of like the last place I will go to look. Yeah. But then I'm like, Oh, everything there is like super high quality. Whereas you look at Netflix and Amazon, they tend to have a lot of like, filler content if you will right like just stuff that they've just basically pooped out just because <laughs> it's just it just during the pandemic everybody watched everything yeah so they had this constant monster they had to feed right and so they just made some god-awful garbage netflix everybody everybody it's funny yeah with netflix and the pandemic you're, you're totally right like i look at my wife now because she's been watching a lot during the pandemic and she's down to watching subtitled shows now. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> she is completely... She's comp- run out of English language She shows. has depleted the Netflix English library yeah. of relevant content to her. Right. She's not watching like Fast, Furious, Fast and Furious and stuff like that. But anything, anything, yeah. Like that, yeah. 
Okay, I want to throw to our, our contest, uh, John, and this is important because we have a secret word today. Yes, we do. The secret word is Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A, and there's a place on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, once you've kind of signed up and entered the contest. If you put that word in this weekend, you're going to get 50 extra entries. And this is kind of a bonus for this weekend only because yep. I messed up and launched it early last weekend. Prematurely. Prematurely. Um, but yeah, every weekend we are going to have a secret word. But for this weekend, this weekend only, 50 extra entries for those loyal listeners who will accept my apology for <laughs> launching a contest that just wasn't there last weekend. Michael, and again, also come to your house and wash your car. Yes, yes. Getconnectedmedia.com, Olivia. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, a little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. On uh, tomorrow's uh, program, we're going to be talking about Samsung. They've released uh, a new flagship smartphone. The There's three of them. And the top tier one, the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra, coming in at a cool $1,800, John. $1,800 for a smartphone. Yeah, I mean, that's about the price of a fully loaded iPhone as well. Yes, but it's a lot of money. It is. Like it's, you can't afford to upgrade every year. No. No. And I think that's why, Sam, you know, smartphone sales have been down. Yeah, and even the uh, trade-in values of smartphones have dropped too. Have they? Yeah. On tomorrow's app show, our sister program, that's uh, broadcast on all the chorus radio stations, uh, not all of them, but uh, a bunch of them across Canada. We will be talking about the decline in smartphone sales and some of the reasons why. The new Samsung Galaxy S23 lineup and ChatGPT again. Some people say that ChatGPT could kill Google's business within two years. Google. Who would have thought that they even would have any threat? <laughs> and the iron irony about this whole thing is Microsoft Bing could be the threat. Oh, my God, yeah, because Microsoft's invested $10 billion into OpenAI, the makers of ChatGPT, Chat and Microsoft has Bing, kind of the sad Google. <laughs> yeah. When, whenever I accidentally get on there, I always feel like I got binged. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know how it exists as a search engine, but with ChatGPT, have you used it I as, a, as a search engine? No. It is pretty pretty damn good yeah yeah okay I, and it's not even connected to the internet yet do you know what i mean like they're using data sets oh i i thought you, you asked me if i tried bing yet no <laughs> you did once and that was it <laughs> pretty much <laughs> that was it i want to thank all the folks that uh help put the show together including john and robin don't forget to hit our website for the contest giving away a samsung galaxy s22 smartphone courtesy of the friendly future foundation from telus we'll see you again next time